0: Welcome to Queer Tools. Today's topic: What is your current situation? Here we go. So, when you've posted your resume on a on a on a resume board like Monster or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks. They have this mistaken idea, I think, that the recruiter goes out there, gets a bunch of resumes, calls their clients, tries to start seeing whether there's interest in your, your resume, and then and only then do they give you a call after they've got a bite. And you know, for for reasons we're going to talk about today, that is absolutely wrong, right?
1: Right. It's worse than wrong because it it assumes something that is fundamentally never true, which is that the recruiter looks at the candidate first and attempts to place the candidate recruiters jobs even though they talk of themselves as placement people right they don't place people they fill jobs now in order to fill a job a person has to be placed right but look folks the recruiter works for the company the company openings drive the positions not the resume when people call us and say, you know, gosh, I'm surprised my resume has been on Monster for or Career Builder for weeks and I haven't heard anything. Well, that that's because the driving force of the industry is not placing people, but rather filling openings. So it's driven by the opening, right?
0: Right. So, yeah. Yeah. and And they do some sort of vetting. You know, if you're going mm-hmm. to be placed somewhere, recruiters are going to call you, and they're going to have a conversation. They're going to ask you a few questions, and it's going to determine, frankly, whether or not, or how much effort they're going to put into trying to place you somewhere. Right. And there's a number of those questions, and today, we're going to talk about one of them.
1: Right. And, and, and the four questions are, what's your current situation? 1st That's always the first one. What are you looking for? What's your salary expectation? And what's your location preference? Right. And look, if, you, if you're thinking to yourself, gosh, those seem pretty black and white. I mean, they, they give me an opportunity to give an answer, but I can't give a completely vague answer, particularly if you followed our the, the, the guidance we give in the interviewing series. Um, and you'd be right, because they're looking to call the field from 200 down to 20, right, to make it manageable, right? Exactly. Uh, and, and this cast, and, and really, because each one of them is so important – and it's not like you can't be effective despite your situation. I mean, let's not rule ourselves out simply because we don't know the questions or we don't know the best way to answer them. So in this cast, all we're going to talk about is that first question, which is what your what's your current situation?
0: Good. So what's our outline for today? How are we going to approach this particular topic?
1: Okay. So first, first we, we got to start with what the question means, okay? If you get that... The other stuff, the the specific behavioral recommendations, the action recommendations are much easier. Second, we're going to tell you what it is the recruiter wants. And the answer, folks, is clarity. They want clarity and they want it quickly. Okay. Number three, we're going to talk about what your answers sound like or essentially how to address it. And then number four, you've got to be ready for that next question. You can't assume, okay, now I can pause because they're going to keep firing questions at you. So four points, what the question means, what they want, which is clarity and quickly, what it sounds like, and how to be ready for that next question.
0: Good. Okay. So what does the question, what's your current situation mean? What do they mean, current situation?
1: Yeah. Um, again, what is your current situation? A variation is, are, are you currently actively looking for work? Are you looking for a move in the next three months? Now think about that. First of all, let's let's take a big picture. Does the person who's calling know whether or not you're still in the last job in your resume? The answer is no, they don't, right? And really, recruiters aren't going to ding you if your job says some previous month and year to present, and it's been six months since the present, if they see that your resume was posted four or five months ago. Really, they're fine with that. Now, look, if if your resume says to present and present was eight years ago, that's obviously different. But candidates make the mis- the mistake as i mentioned earlier the whole issue of placing candidates rather than filling openings that the recruiter knows what's in the resume and they don't they've done some some scanning to get to a uh, a bucket of resumes and and they need to understand you know where is this person maybe they've gotten another job recruiters are very frustrated when they they start a discussion they assume that this person is going to be available. And the person says, oh, gee, I'm sorry, you know, I I changed jobs or I got the promotion I wanted and so I'm not available. So the recruiters are looking to save themselves time. They're looking to be efficient. Look, that recruiter is sitting in his office. He or she is looking for candidates. He's got a brief, you know, some sort of information from his client, usually a job description or an opening or a rack, right, an open requisition. It gives the, the, the recruiter the location, the salary range, the required speed of response in terms of, you know, most managers say, I want somebody yesterday. The moment a wreck is, the moment a manager's actually gone through the process
0: of getting a wreck, the job has been long open, right? Yeah, exactly. Whenever a recruiter asked me that question, I always said, what do you mean? I needed the person yesterday. I wouldn't be talking to you otherwise.
1: Yeah, really, really seriously. I, I, I'm a very busy line manager. You are working for me on this. Do you really think that the company has money to throw around and we hire people early? No, I got the opening. I want them now. Right, And of course, that's the manager who doesn't have a bench, but but that's a whole other discussion. All right. so, And then, of course, obviously, the job description shows some sort of job-related skills and experience. Okay. The recruiter has gotten that guidance. And look, what do they do? They look at sources. This is an important part of, of the whole transition process. And we've got many more casts to deliver on this. But at that moment, the recruiter is thinking sourcing. Where might this person be? So he or she logs on to Monster, they input a search string, which covers the title and skills, right? They look at a geography, and and, and perhaps they look at a salary range. And in most cases, you know, I mentioned the case of eight years, most recruiters restrict their search to resumes posted in the last three months, right? Good point. That ties back into the manager tools guidance about the quarterly half hour updating your resume. If you've got your resume out there, no, doesn't do any good to let your resume decay. If they're keeping to about three months, which is generally a standard, you want to you want to keep yours updated every three months. Now, mind you, we're not saying right now that the only way to do this is monster. We're giving you an example. We're trying to paint a picture of a recruiter doing something right. So. That's happened. They've got the brief. They've they've gone to Monster. They've input the search string on the back end that allows them to look at it because their company has that kind of connection with Monster. And luckily, our resume pops out of the millions, which are on Monster.com. Okay, but now, think about it. All the recruiter really knows about us is that at some time in the last three months, we posted our resume. Again, we're really, this goes to the issue of candidates mistakenly believing they understand how this system works and they don't. But that recruiter really doesn't know anything about us other than we've posted it sometime, right? We posted our resume. He or she doesn't know why. Look, I mean, there are plenty of people who are just bored. They're testing the system, right? I have never done it, but I've talked to many executives who said, yeah, I put my resume on there. And I would look at them and say, dude, what are you doing? Put your resume on there. You have headhunters calling you. Um, But nevertheless, people do it. You know, certainly the recruiter who's checked knows where we lived at the time. Perhaps he knows our salary expectations. But really, he doesn't know whether our salary expectations are realistic at that moment. And here's the key. That recruiter is calling us to establish the answers to those initial screening questions. Why did you post your resume on Monster is going to be a little bit direct, there's no relationship yet. And he doesn't want to give you a chance to say something really, really dumb if, in fact, you, on paper, you're looking kind of good. Right. So he's going to reword that question and be a little bit more
0: open. Yeah. And give you a little rope to, to hang yourself yeah. <laughs> along and, with. And, it and,
1: and look, I, you know, we try to be as candid as we can with people. We try to be nice about delivering our stuff. I know certainly I've been the dark mark before, but. If you look at the system of job transitions from the point of view of companies and recruiters, you see it it may not be terribly effective, but there are a lot of efficiencies in it. If you look at it from the candidate's perspective, it is astronomically hard and weird and inefficient. And you'd be right because the system is built around the money that flows. And the money that flows is from the company that's hiring to the recruiter, not from the candidate. Okay? Really what the candidate, what, what the recruiter wants to know is, hey, is this person a serious candidate, right? And if you're looking out there for a job, it's, it's a form of window shopping, really. I mean, think about the number of times you've wandered into a store, you're shopping with friends or family or whomever, and, and, a, and a retail person says to you, can I help you find anything today? And and of course, that's a bad initial question, by the way, which it, because it ends up creating a no most often, which is not a good way to start a relationship. But regardless, most people say, no, just looking. We think it's completely appropriate to do that. And in fact, many people feel the same way when they're recruiting, when when, when they're out job searching, job shopping, it's, it's look, I'm window shopping. People make a hobby out of it. But that recruiter, think of it this way, folks, that recruiter can't sell a non-serious candidate to a client, so he's got to make sure that you're really looking. He's also got to understand the availability to make sure it fits in with the needs. He wants to know the resume he's looking at is up to date. And you, know, you say the resume is recent, but really when you find out it's not, if the recruiter does several non-careful searches and puts people in front of a client who say things to suggest that really some screening should have been done. That's the first thing companies pay recruiters for. And by the way, we're talking internal or external recruiters. It doesn't matter. We're not suggesting this as a headhunter. We're talking about an internal recruiter, a corporate recruiter at the company being paid by the manager who doesn't know the manager terribly well, by the way, works for somebody else entirely, and essentially has a batch of positions to fill. So if that person repeatedly puts people in front of a manager who, who should have been screened out with some basic initial screening... That recruiter's career is in the tank for a short period of time until they're able to overcome that. The recruiters are biased toward only making sure that managers say, wow, I saw 10 people and they were all outstanding. What does that mean? That means a lot of pre-screening. So the reason they ask the question is to get the pre-screening done so that they, at least if you want an emotional reason, they want to protect their own backside against a manager saying, why am I interviewing people who are nowhere near to what I want or that aren't even available?
0: yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we do that all the time as well so okay yeah. so now so, so now they've asked the question some variation of what's your current situation right How do we answer what do what do they want and therefore, then how do we answer the question? right Well, we've said it before, clarity and quickly
1: and and I have to tell you something. this may be two words that are nearly anathema to most candidates. Now, I will tell you that both clarity and quickly, if you want a quick answer that's clear, most candidates can't deliver it without preparation. That's part of the reason for this cast, obviously. But in general, even if you listen to this cast and you don't know your background and you don't know why you're looking and so on, you're unlikely to do this. And this is a great – it's the reason why seasoned recruiters ask this first because they say, look, if I don't get a quick, clear answer, I know this person isn't prepared. I know this person may not look good in front of the the company. So – and remember this. In the recruiter's mind, they have four questions they want to ask. If your first answer is seven or eight minutes, you know, they're immediately thinking, oh, gosh, this is going to be a 45-minute interview. And I'm I'm not here to have a 45-minute interview. I'm here to screen people out or screen people in. This is just a precursor to the other questions, right? And a little bit of background on that. Recruiters tend to work desks which are, in, in, internal or external, doesn't matter, which are based around a particular vertical or horizontal subset of candidates. Everybody in logistics procurement, for instance, or everybody at sales management level, for instance. Qualified accountants below making $45,000 a year, for instance. While the recruiter may be calling with a particular client and role in mind, they may also be calling because they suspect you fit into their broader subset, even though maybe not that exactly role. But either way, the, the, the questions are, are always going to, that first question, right, is going to be asked first. Okay, now, remember something. And this is where, even though the, the system is so skewed toward clients, this is a big plus for candidates. At this point, when the recruiter asks this question, the recruiter is completely open minded about the candidate. It really doesn't matter at this moment, even though most people still see the, most candidates still see themselves as driving the process, or they, they still see the, the, the process is about the candidate rather than about the opening, placing candidates rather than filling opens. It doesn't matter, folks, if you've been made redundant. In other words, you've been laid off at this point. If you've been ill for a while if you've come back to work after a maternity or paternity leave or a family leave, or if you're looking after a sick parent, or you took two years to get an MBA at a school that didn't really have a recruiting program, right? At this point, the recruiter is not judging our circumstances. We're just trying to understand where you are, okay? Now look, think of it this way. I mean, you know, people have kidded us before about our switch to, to, to Macintosh's at Manager Tools. Imagine you go into a computer store to buy some software. Look, if they sell both and you say, I need X, and you don't say anything more, but you just say, I need office, right? They're going to say, you want it for a PC or a Mac, okay? If you answer Mac because you think it's cooler, but you actually have a PC, the software is not going to work, right? So in the same way, telling a recruiter you're available when you're not is just not helpful to the process, okay? So when we say clarity, we include in the clarity factual, right? So you need to give a factual answer to this question and you need to do it as we've said quickly.
0: Yeah. And remember the crew is probably making at least 10 of these calls every single day. There hour. you go. That's exactly right. Yeah. And if you're answering them quickly and directly, you're going to get a lot of positive points and that can't help, but help you later on. Right. Yeah.
1: Literally your answer to this question needs to be one sentence. Now, we recommend you include the company name the company you've just left or you're currently at right that that helps uh, the recruiter understand whether or not the resume they're looking at is current uh, without having to ask us right what we're trying to do is anticipate their needs we want to make them remember they're open-minded and and they could go either way so we want we this is an opportunity for them to be positively disposed toward us which means if they're positively disposed, they're going to look harder for a job for us, even if this one is not exactly right for us.
0: Good. Yeah, one sentence doesn't sound terribly hard, but if you don't prepare for it, folks generally don't do it. So that's why we're doing this this cast. So give give us a couple examples. What does it sound like? I mean, okay, it's one sentence, but what does it sound like? This is my
1: favorite part of this cast. And the reason it is, is because I'd like to pause here now and ask everyone to get into your head what you think your answer would be to what's your current situation. I should have asked that in the beginning. Hey, folks, take a minute and get in, in your head if you're if you're thinking about a job search, how you might answer the first key question, which is what's your current situation, and see, you know, have people think about what it might be. We've already given you some guidance. We want clarity, and we want it quickly, okay? So, folks, take a moment now, Get that thought into your head. And with that, let us give you three samples. And let's see if you've gotten close. And I'd be willing to bet that 80% of the people didn't get close. And the first rule they violated was the number of words in their answer. Here are three examples. I'm currently actively looking for work after uh, being laid off from company X. I'm looking to move on from company X in the next three to six months. Or, I left company X in December, I'm going to be moving to Idaho with my wife in two months, and I'm currently looking for work there. Okay, now look. Again, Mike, don't you agree? People are going to be, they've got a paragraph in their head, don't they? Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, they, they want, I mean, they think this is the tell me about yourself answer, and it's three to five minutes long. They want to say, I, I don't think you understand why I got made redundant or, or why I got laid off. The recruiter doesn't care, folks. They're thinking about it from the company's perspective and, and the definition of whether or not you're laid off, the reason why, is irrelevant to the fact that you're available now, okay? If somebody said, you know, I don't graduate from my MBA program until June, well, then you're not available and that makes a difference. So the single biggest thing, we said quickly, but I bet I suspect still people were at the 100 to 200 word mark, the ideal answers are short, direct and pertinent. Okay. And, and look, this is career tools. What, what, you know, what is everything we talk about uh, boil down to? It's actionable. So folks practice these answers, practice it until you can give it with only positive emotion in your voice.
0: Yeah. And that might be hard for somebody because you're talking, if you got laid off, there's some negative emotions associated with that. And typically when you're talking about having been laid off, you don't have a lot of positive emotion in your voice. And so you got to practice it.
1: Yeah, I, 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 you, know, you and I have talked about this before, about you know, me getting fired, right? And I tell people who call me about having gotten fired, I tell them, look, the first thing you do, don't hold it back from your spouse. And people say, what? Really? People do that? So yeah, there are people who have waited a week or two to tell their spouse. Tell your spouse, tell everybody you can, as soon as you can, that you got fired. Tell them. Don't gussy it up. Don't don't gauze it up a little bit. Tell them frankly you got fired. If that's what happened, tell them you got fired. Now look, if you got laid off, that's different. But part of the reason I tell people that is for them to get comfortable with it, so that when it actually matters in a job search, they can deliver it with with relaxation. They can deliver it with comfort, with poise, and, and with a sense of confidence. The fact is, it's not that big a deal. I, I mean, I'm telling people when people say, "Oh gosh, I heard things, something bad happened to you," I look at them smile. I say, "No, I got fired." And for those of us who have been fired, the moment you get fired and you realize, oh, it's not that bad. I'm not my job. I am my own person. My family loves me. I'm going to be fine. It's a fundamentally life-changing event. I joke at conferences, you know, when people ask about, huh? you know, I started consulting. I said, well, I got fired. And I said, I wish it would happen to you. And there are people who recoil in fear, right? But being able to smile, even when you say, I got laid off and smiling over the phone, of course, because this is likely happening over the phone, is an excellent way to send a message saying, I understand this happens, you understand this happens, and again, remember, the recruiter wants to know whether or not you're available. They're not judging you. Oh, sure, it's possible that that will later come up, but it's not a factor now. Now, if you were to say... You know, I'm on furlough and I'm actively looking for work. That's happened. You know, more and more companies in the U.S. You know, in in the UK it would be garden leave. Um, But if if you were furloughed, um, you know, people would probably ask when when does your furlough uh, end, right? And of course, you would modify it for that. But look, it's simple. I am doing this and I'm available now. I'm currently, again, the examples, I'm currently actively looking for work after being laid off from company X, or I'm looking to move on from my present company in the next three to six months, right? Or you could even say I'm looking for another opportunity uh, in the next one to three months, or I left company X, I'm moving here and I'm doing this, as we mentioned earlier. I think what people want to do is they want to pile everything, their life story or some short version of their life story into this answer. And you don't need to do it.
0: Good. Now, what are the likely results of this question? So you answer the question. Hopefully you've done it short and with some positive emotions in your voice like we just talked about. But where's the recruiter likely to go after you've answered this question?
1: Well, think about it from their perspective, right? This is one of those screening questions, right? So what do they do? They've either screened you in or screened you out right? It'll go one of two ways. If your answer fits the needs of the recruiter thus far, either for a particular client, a particular opportunity, or for their desk, horizontally or vertically, as we mentioned, right? You're going to be asked, what are you looking for? That's the second question. So now they can say, is this person right for this particular role? The danger of this second question, what are you looking for in the event that you're ruled in, is that some people know it's coming, And so they try to answer this question in the first question, which is about, you know, what's your situation? That long answer to your first question can get you ruled out, even though the second question is gonna ask it, and they'll wanna hear it in your answer to the second question. I Can't tell you how many times people try to give 15-minute answers to one-minute questions. So if your answer fits the needs, they're gonna ask you, what are you looking for, okay? But think of it this way, if the recruiter is, is working a geographic area that says limited to Indiana, for instance, and your circumstances don't fit his needs, right, then that's not necessarily a bad thing because you've delivered an answer that's clear and crisp and concise. He or she has gotten a good, positive first impression of you. And while you may have ruled yourself out for that particular role, The fact is, you don't want to be wasting his time or her time and yours by trying to fit a round peg into a square hole, okay? So regardless, if your first answer is clear and quick and proves that you are right for the particular role, they're going to ask what you're looking for. Aha! In the event you've ruled yourself out, but they still feel good about you, they're going to follow up with a different question, which is, who do you know in this area or for this role, who would be interested in an opportunity in, say, Indiana. And this is where people fail because they've done well enough, perhaps, but are not right for the role, and then because they're bummed out getting this question, they don't answer it well. Well, I don't don't know anybody. I guess if you're not interested in me, I'm really not. And then the positive goodwill you got, even though you weren't right for the role, is lost when you essentially back away and don't have anybody. Now, obviously, if you have somebody, mention somebody, and take it out of the mindset that this call is all about you because it's not. It's all about filling the opening, not placing the candidate. And this is an opportunity for you to build a relationship with the with the recruiter, and that would mean right recommending friends who might benefit. And that's just and it's not just in terms of your benefit. It's also good career karma in general.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. So, you've set us up a little bit because we really didn't go into detail about answering the question, what are you looking for? So, that, I guess we're going to have to do another cast to answer yeah. that one.
1: But, and, and, but think about that. If we try to do all four of these at once, people would smush it all together, right? The whole point of doing individually is each one is a gate. We need to hit a home run in each gate rather than trying to hit four home ones at once and then making the, the first one be untenable, too big, too long, too unwieldy and rule ourselves out because we're wordy. Good point. Yeah. So quick wrap up. You know What the question means? The que- obviously, the question means is I want to know whether or not you're available and whether or not it's worthy of me to talk to you. What the recruiter wants when they ask you what's your current situation is they want clarity quickly. And that usually includes where you are and how available you are in, in the short term. Hopefully, we're clear on what it sounds like. I'm currently actively looking for work after being laid off, or I'm looking to move on from my present company in the next three or one to six months. I left my company in this time. I'm moving here, and I'm available at this point in the future. And then, of course, be ready for that next question, which is either, what are you looking for? Or who do you know would be interested in an opportunity like this?
0: Awesome. All right, my friend. We'll see you again next
1: week. Thanks, partner.
0: All right. So long. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you all again next week. In the meantime, join us on the discussion forums, www.managertools.com forward slash forums. Hope to see you there. So long, folks.